Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. This is episode number 43 of the Awesomers.com podcast. And you can just go to the Awesomers.com slash 43 webpage and you'll be able to find all the show notes, relevant details, and even a link or two from time to time. Everything about this episode will be right there. Awesomers.com slash 43. Today, my special guest is Tom Jacobs. Now, to say Tom has been through a few things in his 30-plus years of being an entrepreneur is an understatement. He's definitely had more failures than successes, but wouldn't have it any other way. He sold his fitness business, which he owned for nine years. Now, after he made that sale of that business, he went on to become the Impact Pilot, which is a business designed to help entrepreneurs generate more income through better selling strategy and using stories to sell. Man, oh man, I can't tell you how much I love storytelling as a methodology of marketing and sales and communication in general. It's really, really effective. Now, Tom has a BFA degree from DePaul University in Chicago, and he holds his private pilot license for single-engine airplanes, which he's had a lifelong dream, and he achieved that over five years ago. Now, I want to just say a side note, he doesn't try to have impacts in that part of his piloting, but for selling, he wants a big impact. Now, he's been a contributor to CBS Radio in Houston and a guest on Great Day Houston, Univision Television, Fox 26 News, uh, and many other Houston-related TV programs. He's also been a presenter at the Small Business Development Center in Houston, Texas. Tom has a really unique way of kind of just cutting right through it and getting to the heart of storytelling. Every one of us, in fact, you listening, you have a story to tell. This really is the genesis of the Awesomers.com podcast. It's sharing people's stories, origin stories, authority stories, whatever the case may be, because those stories, not are not only are they interesting, but they're relatable, right? We can see how the pieces fit together the more of these we see and the more of these we expose ourselves to. I'm super excited that Tom's joining us today, and I know that you're going to be thrilled that you joined us as well. Hey, Awesomers, welcome back. It's Steve Simonson, and today I have a special guest, Tom Jacobs. Uh, Tom, welcome aboard. Thanks a bunch. Glad to be here. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And of course, the audience has already been uh, given the quick inside information from the, the early read-in, but I want to give you the chance in your own words to, to tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, I, I call myself the impact pilot. And what that really means is that I help small business owners create an impact in their business 
by being able to tell their own personal stories to sell their product. You know, there's a lot of storytellers out there now, and it's all great to tell a really great story and get a standing ovation from your audience, or even if you're doing a one-on-one talk. But what's the purpose of the story if all you get is a standing ovation? So my spin on that is to make sure that you have a sale at the end of any kind of presentation or any story that you're using, and it's furthering the sale uh, to go along. I like it. You you said an impact pilot, yes? Yes. So a lot of pilots impact. would avoid impact, just to be clear. Uh, but in this case, we're heading for an impact. All right. That's right. I like it. A so, positive impact. Yeah, I do <laughs> I do appreciate that uh, uh, fact. And we're going to dive into this concept of storytelling and how we can uh, kind of build maybe a more friendly wrapper around the sales process uh, a little bit. But I like to start a little bit with, uh, you know, kind of where you came from. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes it's it's helpful to get a little bit of the origin story. So um, c- can you tell us kind of what was your first job when you when you came into this world uh, as a professional? <laughs> as a professional or my first job period? <laughs> yeah, whichever you prefer. I mean, I was pretty professional at 13 mowing lawns. So. Yeah, right. Well, I was flipping burgers at uh, 16 at, at McDonald's. You know, it's interesting. I think there was a statistic that uh, the majority of all CEOs started or worked for McDonald's at some point. So um, that's uh, certainly myself. I started that way. But really, at, at 16, I started my entrepreneurial journey also. Uh, I was a mobile DJ, and I had a string quartet uh, as well. So I played violin, and I had three other friends of mine from high school that formed a string quartet. And we would go to weddings and uh, do, do the string quartet thing. And I learned direct mail marketing before I knew what direct mail marketing really was. Because I would go through the newspaper on every Sunday afternoon and I would look at the engagement section. I would look up the brides-to-be in the white pages so that might date me. (laughs) All right, hashtag look it up millennials. Uh, (laughs) We use paper, Uh, it was hilarious. (laughs) And they would drop it off at the door (laughs) once a year. Uh, So I'd go through that and and they actually had the addresses (laughs) in in the white pages. And I would send a letter along with a demo tape of our string quartet to these brides-to-be and then offer my uh, mobile DJ business as well. So that's how I went through high school and in college. I learned quickly that in college that I should probably get a job. And I don't know why I I subscribe to that philosophy. I certainly don't anymore. Um, But I, I decided to get a theater degree, which, you know, pays so well. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, boy, yeah, bright future ahead for you, Tom. I don't know right. where you're headed here, but it, it, that's catchy. But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah so, I, so I graduated from DePaul University in Chicago with a BFA, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, there's other ways that you could say that as well. And uh, I quickly started working in oil and gas because the theater did not pay my two worst habits, which are living indoors and eating food. So I uh, decided to get a real job. And for 12 years, I spent in corporate hell and sitting behind a desk. And I always had like little side gigs I would do along the way. But never until 10 years ago did I really fully commit to being an entrepreneur and getting rid of the safety net. And that's when I opened up my fitness center. So while I was working in corporate, I was getting fat and happy, more on the fat side than the happy side. And... Uh, I went to my doctor when I was 30 years old and he said, you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and you're about 40 pounds overweight, which in the greater scheme of things, 40 pounds overweight isn't all that, you know, 
terribly bad these days anyway. But um, certainly blood pressure and cholesterol were a concern at 30 years old. So I went on a, a fitness journey. I learned how to work out properly. I learned how to eat properly. People saw that change in me over 12 weeks. And I started helping other people. So I just I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I love helping people. It would be even better if I got paid for it. So I got certified as a personal trainer. And um, after I got certified two, year, two more years, I was like working as a personal trainer before work and after work. And then I uh, decided to buy my own personal training facility. And in 2008, I dumped out my entire retirement, my 401k. I bought this existing facility. I borrowed some money and then uh, quickly doubled it in size and square footage, not in customers. <laughs> should have been the other way around, you know, looking back. But within six months, I was uh, broke. I was uh, physically broke, mentally broke, and definitely spiritually broke. And at that point, I, I remember this uh, to this day. I was sitting behind uh, my computer monitors in my office and staring at my bank account. And it was a Sunday afternoon. It was a nice hot day and humid in Houston, Texas, of course. And yeah, the tears just started rolling down my face because I realized that on Friday of that week, payroll and rent were due on the same day. Oh, bad luck. Yeah. And I was $10,000 short. And I had uh, already gone through my entire line of credit. I had maxed out all my credit cards and I didn't have any sales pending for that week. And so I had to make the hardest phone call of my life. And two things with that, making a hard phone call like that is one, we're entrepreneurs. We don't like to ask for help. We're told that we can do anything and just grind through and it's going to be just fine. And uh, I'm telling anybody that's listening right now that that's complete BS. We need help from time to time. The other thing that made that uh, phone call very difficult is that it was to my father. And I had to ask dad for money. And that, again, is a very humbling experience. At, and at that point, I was uh, 40 years old. And you know, asking your father for money at 40 years old is, is very, very humbling. But luckily, uh, dad agreed to loan me the money. money. And that you know, I put emphasis on loan because that's what it was, because it came with a 12% interest rate. And I had to put my house up for collateral. And he wrote a contract like a 10-page loan agreement. Good for him. All right. He's like, hey. What this... are you talking about? Steve, come on. Are you on my side on this? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was thinking as a dad. Uh, what, a, what a tyrant uh, this guy is. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why I was like, dad, I'm 40 years old. I don't need another life lesson. He's like, yeah, you know, you really do need a life lesson. <laughs> and he was right. You know, and that life lesson came with, you know, um, you know, learning that I needed to ask for help. And so he loaned me the 10000 I got through that little hump. But what really resonated with me with that instance was the need for asking for help. And I did. And I asked for help in the form of a business coach. And so I invested in getting coaching for the very first time in my life. And that was a complete game changer. So I, I figured out how to sell because I didn't like to do it before. And I, I figured out how to market and manage staff. And that very first year, even though the first six months absolutely sucked, I was able to gross $100,000 that first year. And I, I had staff working for me as well. The second year of business, 
we did five hundred thousand dollars in sales. Wow, quintuple in one year. Unfortunately, I spent four hundred and ninety thousand of that on other things. So I, I finally got my margins right, and and once I understood the numbers, and and you know, definitely having somebody to bounce ideas off was so critical. But I knew that selling was a process. And as an entrepreneur, or as an introvert entrepreneur, uh, sales did not come naturally to me. And I thought you had to be like all this, you know, all this cool sales tactics and closing and be very, very gregarious and, and you know, being, and that's just not me. And I learned how to ask the right questions. I learned that it was a process and I just did the same thing every single time. And every th single time that I followed the process, I made a sale. Well, nine times out of 10, I made the sale. A 90% close rate, which is really, really good. Yeah. And then I taught other people the same sales process and it worked for them. And then we started to implement story in with our sales process. And that just exponentially made it a lot better. And the clients, you know, they were still signing up, but then they started to sign up for a lot longer because they were attached to the story behind the sales. Well, I just love, there's so much in that uh, that I love. First of all, uh, you know, just the idea that we do need to ask for help. This is a, it, it is a humbling concept, particularly introverts. That, you know, those of us who are identified as introverts are far less likely to ask for help. I mean, mm -hmm. I would rather, you know, crawl over glass to get to the other side of the street than have somebody pick me up and take me across. And that's my own ego. That's just weakness, right? Uh, I, yep. I got to overcome that. Um, so I, I definitely identify with that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs and even awesomers will identify with that. And uh, also the, this, this general paradigm that, that sales is often uh, either thought of in a, a negative context, right? There's a negative connotation going, I'm a salesperson. It's like, ooh, stand back, everybody, right? right. And uh, that certainly shouldn't be true. Um, and, but then giving ourselves a permission to enjoy sales and enjoy the sales as a process. I love all of this. Um, I, I, I'm just curious, as you developed and went from the sales, you call it the sales process into kind of the storytelling, mm -hmm. how did that evolution take place? Yeah, I, it was, it, it took a while actually for that to kind of really solidify it in my mind. And really over the last five years, um, I, I, while I still had the facility and I owned that for nine years, uh, the personal training facility, and I sold it last year. Uh, so I've been really concentrating on my storytelling business and my, my sales process business. And while I was still working with the gym and, and owning that facility, I started also working for the consulting company that helped me with uh, getting kind of the business coaching. And when I went to them and they, they wanted to do these one day workshops where personal trainers would come in, learn about the business, and then we'd be able to sell the program on the back end of that day. And I found that just teaching about facts and figures and a process and all this, you know, people understood that and got it, but they didn't really connect with me or the other presenters. Once we started to incorporate stories behind that, then we started to see the conversions go way up. I mean, in three years, I sold $4 million worth of their program. And it was all based on just telling impactful stories, just like the story that I told you about, you know, sitting at my desk and all that. That's a true story. And that was one that I shared during those workshops as well. It made me more of 
a human in the prospect's mind. And they could see that the change in me and the stories of the change, that if they were going through a tough time in their business at that moment, that they certainly could get through it as well and succeed. And definitely they could succeed with my program. And that was the kind of the sales pitch at the end of it. Is, and it was so easy that, you know, there was such a great connection. They understood, they paid attention. They knew what they needed to do next. And that was to buy the program and go through it. And, you know, they were very successful with that. I, I really do uh, like the premise of storytelling and making that emotional connection. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a, a little bit more about how we put together those stories and how, where do they come from. Uh, I think a lot of us are like, oh, I don't have any cool stories. Uh, so what do I do then? Of course, uh, I expect to be educated by Tom on that front. But uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals. This is Parsimony ERP. And we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try, but this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your supply chain. Project and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y dot com. Parsimony dot com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Hey, Awesomers, we're back already. Uh, I'm joined uh, again by Tom Jacobs. We're talking a little bit about sales. We're talking a little bit about storytelling. And as I teased before the break, this idea that making an emotional connection is something that actually, in my mind, my own words, it transcends the sales process. Sales is about kind of taking the trust that the salesperson has and handing it off to the the, the prospect or the, the future customer so that they have the same trust and confidence. And the best way to do that is through an emotional connection that is true and authentic. And and I wonder, Tom, as I said, you know, some people think, hey, I don't have any cool stories, so what do I do? Can I take your stories? Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say to those people? No, don't take my story. It's my story. <laughs> I'm going to own it. Uh, everybody has a story, though, within them. And you know, I, I've, I've dealt with you know, tons of entrepreneurs going through this process. And again, it's a process. Anybody can learn it. And so I start off with going through you know, their life. You know, things happened in people's lives that you know, they've either put aside and said, oh, that's not, that doesn't relate to what I do now. It does relate to who you are now and why you do what you do. So one of my clients, Willie, she, uh, she does a program called Send Out Cards. And so it's uh, you know, send cards, you do it on the computer and it sends it out for you. So um, she sells that program all day long and she likes to do public speaking. And so she'll, she'll go tell people about the program, why it's important and how easy it is to use, which is great but she wasn't getting a lot of sales and people weren't getting to know Willie. So I worked with her and I was like, well, let, let's go through your life. And so we created these impact moments and we had probably a list of 10 of them. And one really stood out to me. It was, uh, I believe it was about 10 years ago, her mom and her husband died a day apart from each other. So like on Monday, she gets a call from the assisted living facility where her mom was and her mom wasn't sick. She's older, but wasn't sick, had passed that night. The next day, 
two police officers show up at her house and her husband was killed in a, in a helicopter accident. Can you imagine what that does to somebody, Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable, yeah. So she started getting all these condolence cards in the mail. And she was going through all these cards and, you know, thanking people. And she was like, wow, one of these cards just really resonated with me, but I couldn't figure out who it was from. And she kept going through and just like, who could this be? Who could this be? And she realized that it was from the wife of the helicopter pilot who had also died in that accident. And at that moment, she realized the power of a card and making that connection with somebody. She'd also received cards from businesses that she had done, done business with. And she certainly appreciated a business owner taking the time to send a condolence card and, you know, being with her in her time of need. And she became even more loyal to that customer or to that business. And as she now talks and teaches other business owners on how to create that relationship with a client and how to keep that client for the long term, it's through understanding that person as a human. And now when she tells that story, people, one, pay attention because that's pretty darn tragic, right? And second, now they know why Willie is so passionate about send out cards. And the first time that she did this, she was super, super nervous. She's like, Tom, I don't want to do it. I was like, well, you got it because you told me you were. <laughs> she was like, okay, I'm going to do it. She did it. And she said she was crying during it. She said most of the audience was crying. And she had like 50 people in the audience. She said it was the most amazing thing when she finished. She said, usually I'm done. I go, a couple of people say, hey, great presentation. A couple of people will sign up for her service. She said when she was done with this one, she had a line of people waiting to talk to her. She got two more speaking engagements off of it. And she signed up five times as many people than she normally would. Amazing. All from just being honest and vulnerable to them. I, I, I love the, you know, the idea that, you know, we are kind of the sum of what brought us here, right? All, all of the past actions, all the past triumphs and tragedies for that matter, we're a sum of all those parts. And, and that really is kind of who we are and how we approach things. And it's, it's only when we, when we try to be disingenuous or we try to step back from that, that it's, we, we don't get the, the response that probably that we want. Is that kind yeah. of your pre uh, premise that if we embrace who we are, really are, we're going to have more success? Absolutely. People can tell if you're holding something back or you're not giving the full truth. Or now, you know, we're in such a connected yet not connected world. Everybody's connected on Facebook, LinkedIn, all that great stuff. But do we really know who our friends are on, on Facebook? I mean, I don't know half of them or even probably like, I only probably only know about 10% of the people that are friends of mine on, on Facebook, but yet we're connected and they'll comment like and all that. When we have that more human connection now where we're telling something that, you know, that shaped who we are, now they get to know who Steve is. They get to know who Tom is and they're more likely to trust you, know you, and then like you. And if you know, like, and trust, you're going to buy from that person if you're selling something. Yeah. Now I, I definitely, again, I believe in this premise. I think that, um, an origin story. So actually some of our episodes are called awesome origin stories. And, and that really is the, the basis of, Hey, what got you here? And, and you go back to listen to awesomers.com slash two, 
where I think we it was Danny McMillan and and he shared some just absolutely you know tragic moments in his life, but they they helped define who he is and helped him cope today with you know hey. Uh, Amazon shut down my listing. Huh, what are you going to do, right? You know, you kind of respond and carry on with your life because you've seen worse. And when people kind of understand that the big picture, I do think that there's more of a, a true connection, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the picture of the sandwich I had uh, for lunch today on Facebook. It's it's actually a relationship that you can admire and, and trust. Yeah. Uh, so when when people typically come into this process of uh, developing their own uh, I don't know, do you, you call them impact points, but do you call them, yeah. is there a title or uh, something you use to call the making a presentation or uh, your story points or how, how do you refer to it? Yeah, well, the, the whole program that I put people through is called the Dramatic Impact, Dramatic Impact Story Academy. So we start looking at the impact moments in your life. So what shaped you? And then we'll go through and, and develop the top three of those stories into full-blown stories. And most times people will tell the story and be like kind of rambling on and there's not enough detail. And so then we go through a revision where we start to add in all those little details that make a story come to life. If I, if I told you, Steve, I was like, yeah, I, I got in my car this morning and I got on the road and I saw a car accident. Okay. You got an image in your mind of what, one, what my car might look like, what the road might have been like, what the day was like, and what the car accident was like. You had an idea, I had an idea, and five other people have five different ideas. But I always say, I got, I got into my Honda Civic this morning. You know, I barely was able to close the door because the rust is, is going out. And I got on the, the, the pavement. It was all cracked this morning. And it was raining. It was drizzling. It was a little slick out. And I witnessed this car accident with a semi-truck and a little car. And it scared the heck out of me. Now you have a real idea of a kind of like that whole story has a lot more detail to it. So when you start to add in those details, we color the story. And then we look at what are the teaching moments? So the whole idea is to sell something. So we got our stories. Now we have to figure out what teaching moments that we want to leave our audience with that will drive them to a sale. So we'll come up with three to five teaching moments of what, what you want to teach. And then we'll create a bridge between a story and a teaching moment. At the end of it, then we come up with some sales scripts. So do we do a hard sell? You know, only five of these available and go run to the back of the room and, and get it. Well, you I know. got some FOMO happening right now just with that concept. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Or do we do a, a soft, you know, you know, go to my website. Here's a link. Download this special report. Love to you know, share more information with you or come see me in the back. Give me your card and I'll send something to you. You know, very soft kind of way of, of selling as well as the hard pitch, which they're appropriate in, in their own in their own way. And then we have this binder now of stories, teaching moments, and sales scripts. And then I have a storyboarding process. So when you have a presentation, you pick a story, teaching moment, story, teaching moment, sales pitch. So it doesn't matter if you need to do a 10-minute talk or you need to do a four-hour workshop. Now you can plug and play your different stories and teaching moments to create an entire experience for your audience. So I, I really, uh, that the canvas you've talked about, you know, of, of this tapestry of, you know, story um, all the way through the teachable moment and then the action step, whatever that may be. I, I really mm -hmm. do agree with that premise. And I, I think anybody who's been in uh, live conferences or audiences uh, of any kind, whether the webcast or otherwise, 
when somebody's telling a story and then you see kind of that connection to the, so I learned this, this was my takeaway, and here's now how I behave or act, or here's what I decided to do. Everybody can identify so much easier than going, you know, I think the SEO is really smart, so I decided to do SEO. It's like a cool story, bro. We got nothing from that. Uh, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll go to the next guy and hear, hear what he's got to say. So um, I, I do think that it will resonate better with audiences. Um, yeah. But I wonder if you can help us because a lot of our folks out there are going to be e-commerce oriented guys. Mm-hmm. How does storytelling get done with the online business? You know, where they may be e-commerce sellers, they may be brand builders. How do they tell a story? Maybe it's not even relevant to them, Tom. Am I right or wrong? Oh, no, it definitely is relevant to them. And so video becomes your platform or can become your platform for selling something. Um, So definitely if it's uh, info products, then introducing yourself and why this is important to you, you know, telling your story, your, you know, there's the founder story, there's a sales story, and there's an objection handling stories that, that you can all kind of create. So, you know, I love the founder stories because that, that really, identifies why that founder or the, the business owner got into the business in the first place, why, why they're you know, passionate about it. And then we can go into the sales stories and, and all that. Sales stories, though, if you're doing just e-commerce, write a story about the product that you have. And there was actually a study, and I, I wish I had it like right in front of me so I could quote it, but um, these professors bought all these little knickknacks at garage sales for about a dollar or less than a dollar. And they posted them up on eBay. And so they put regular ones up on eBay and just listed what they were. And then they contracted with writers to write a story about the item. And then they put the story to the item and posted that up on eBay. For the items that they just posted, they got you know the dollar, the dollar fifty. For the ones that they posted along with the story, they saw a three to ten times increase in price just because there was a story involved with it. It was it was like a plastic hot dog that when you crank it, it like runs or something like that. They created this ridiculous story around it and it sold for, you know, 10 times, you know, $10 instead of a dollar. I love that. Uh, it's, it's really an excellent uh, marketing technique to, mm-hmm. to incorporate stories, right? And uh, as one example, so I used to have a company and we were in the mobile accessories and, and consumer electronics space. And we actually wrote a, a, a little love story. It was a little, uh, uh, one of those videos that we had animated. And it talked about, you know, this uh, iPad case was really sad and lonely. Uh, and so was this iPad. But and when they came together, they fell in love, right? And they fit together and everything was perfect. And we had them walking on the beach or sitting on a bench at the sunset, right? And, you know, first they were apart and then they were together. It, it was in silly in many ways, but it really did help the audience connect that, hey, this is more than just a case. Uh, it's, you know, our particular bend on a case and uh, people seem to respond to it. Uh, We love storytelling. I think a brand needs storytelling, Mm -hmm. Uh, even beyond the founder story. So I love founder stories. That's again, the premise of the awesomers origin stories, but I love brand stories. How do you feel about brand stories and and product stories and so on? Oh, absolutely. You know, product stories or sales stories kind of intermixed there, the same, same terminology. Um, those are super important as well, because now you can tell like, why is this product really important? I love the, the image that you created with the iPad and iPad case, because then you can, in the, in the story, you can talk about the features and the benefits of the particular case without 
boring people with, well, it's, you know, leather stitched and it's got the pocket here and you can put your business cards here and you can create this whole imagery of it and make it so much more interesting for people. And you can add 20% markup to that just because you have a great story. Yeah, I have to admit, we more or less stole the idea from the Jay Peterman catalog kind of idea, which was uh, personified on Seinfeld. That's actually yes. my 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 Jay Peterman experience. <laughs> awesome. To the funny stuff on Seinfeld. But the reality is, uh, we we even tried this thing with uh, things dating back to area rugs, right? We would we mm. would write these silly stories about how this rug came to be, and you know, in some cases they were. Uh, fanciful and and you know uh, fantasy type of things. In other cases, they were like, "Hey, you know, this thing was you know uh, born into bed and has a thousand stitches per inch, and this family's been doing it for you know six generations or whatever it was." So they they range in the type of stories. Do you feel that mm-hmm. um, you know a brand needs to kind of pick a lane, or they can tell all kinds of stories? Which oh, I think they can. You know, it, the brand story is the brand story. So that definitely is just one story. But for each of the products that they have, I think you can have a good variety of different ways of, of telling about that product. And it, definitely being consistent amongst all of your products. So if you want to be very factual about, you know, like who built this or being very, fan, you know, doing a fantasy story about it and creating characters and all that and being very cutesy and fun with it, that's all who your brand is. So being consistent across, you know, we, a lot of times in marketing, you, you hear, you know, the marketing scent or the ad scent that, you know, the, as in smell scent, sure, not, sure. not pennies, um, but making sure that everything's congruent along the way. So your, your consumer isn't confused by all of a sudden you're like super cute. And the time before you were like really serious about it. But, yeah, you know, no. even I can, I can think about like, you, you get these inspection slips and like clothes and you, you, when it used to say like inspected by number five. Yep. Well, I don't know who number five is, but I noticed now there's, I, I get now inspected by Maria right now. Now I like have a picture of somebody, even though there's no picture of her, you know, there uh, I get um, neuro coffee sent to me every month. I mean, it's great coffee, by the way, no affiliation, but they, um, the founder writes a note on the invoice you know hey tom you're in month number 19 glad you're with us mike nice a handwritten note i mean you know how many shipments is he doing a day and he's like taking the time to do that it puts a human to that product and i don't always i you know if i were to cancel it i'd feel bad about upsetting mike because i'm canceling a person not just a number no, I think that's really good. Th- that's actually probably one of the most important points that that maybe I haven't uh, helped hammer home enough, which is th- it's it's not just making the sale. It's not just making that initial connection. It's the long-term brand equity that's involved, right? It, mm-hmm. It's this emotional uh, halo effect that that the brand starts to carry as a result of this new relationship, which has yeah. transcended the, the sales process and into this connection uh, between you know, ideally between humans, but at least between people and stories. And yeah. uh, that that longevity, that lifetime value of a customer must be higher as a oh, result. Yeah. You agree, yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Because you're, you're not going to cancel with a friend or somebody that you know. You know, you're going to, if something happens in, in service, something always happens, you're going to be a lot more forgiving when you know that person personally. Yeah, boy, isn't that the truth? Uh, I could tell you stories. <laughs> 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 I 
call between uh, people who love the brand and people who couldn't care less about the brand and the treatment that we received on the service team uh, side of the equation. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about how an average entrepreneur tackles this problem. Let's say they don't have any stories. They don't have any beginnings. They don't know where to, where to start. I hope that Tom's going to share right after the break what we do. What, what, can you help us, Tom? Absolutely. Look at that. Right after this, we'll be right back. Empowered. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, uh, I promised uh, Tom was going to give us all the answers, and uh, he's delivering so far. So the... The, the concept of where do you begin, right? I, I think a lot of people identify with the problem itself, but I don't know if they know what to do next. So how do you recommend they get started? Uh, you alluded to some of the things earlier, but hopefully you can stitch it together a little more. Yeah, I think going through an exercise of just identifying one story and writing that out and, and going through it. And, you know, I'm, I'm offering your listeners, you know, this, this storybook that I put together, which is, you know, the seven steps to go ahead and, and put that story together and they can give you the link. So it's tomjacobs.com slash storybook. And in that we'll give the process of getting a story on paper that has more drama than just chronologically going through the process. So it goes through all that. But even before that, it's really important to look at things that happened in your life that created who you are today. And they don't have to be tragic. They don't, you know, you don't have to have like suicide attempts or murders or anything like that that happens in your family or, or whatever. It could be very joyous times, you know, a time that you won a, a sporting contest or you overcame just something in your life. People love to hear those stories. You may not think because it happened to you that it's that important, but to somebody it is. So, all, all bets are off the table. Just write down everything that's happened in your life that you're proud of or ashamed of or things that kind of shaped you in your life. And then you go through that list and you'll probably have 10, 15, maybe even 20 different moments in your life as ba far back as you can remember. And then go through that list and look at which ones bring up the most emotion. So I call it the most emotionally charged stories that you have. There's probably about three to five of those. Those are the ones to lean into. Because those are the ones that are going to be the ones that you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to share this or not. But those are the ones that are going to create that bigger connection with your clients and with your audience. When, and that audience, whether that's an audience of one, audience of a thousand, live or video. You know. um, so you have those, what I call impact moments in your life. And then finding those three that are most emotionally charged. And then identifying that number one, that's really the most emotionally charged one and really map that out in terms of the hero's journey. And so in that storybook uh, that you guys can download, uh, that will have the process of going through um, creating that story and creating as much drama as possible in it. And then think about what you're, what you're selling. So what are the teaching moments? What do you want your audience to take away? What's the framework? Uh, you want to teach them what they need to do, not necessarily how to do it. If you give them how to do it, well, that's your that's your intellectual property. That's what you're selling. So you don't want to give them everything. 
uh, show them what they need to do. And for those that are, you know, want to do it on their own, they have the framework, they can go do it on their own. For those that want more help, then you have the program that you're selling to them, the how to actually do it. And those teaching moments really are, are that glue between the story and the sale. So now you, you paint this picture. This is what happened to me. This is what I learned from it. This is the framework that I went through. And this is either the product that will help you overcome that if you have that same problem, or this is the, the framework or the in information that you need to go through it or the coaching or whatever it is that you're selling. So I'm thinking about consumer products, Tide, uh, you know, when Procter Gamble, you know, markets tied, they're telling you what it does. They sh and they're showing you what it does. It gets your clothes nice and clean. Well, if you want how to do it, you need to buy the Tide Pods, right? That's the same thing in any product that you're selling from the stage or on video. Give them what they need to be doing with it. You need to use Tide. Well, the only way I can get Tide is to go to the store and buy it. That's the how to do it. So, I like that. Oh. Yeah. I didn't didn't mean to interrupt you there, but uh, first of all, thank you for giving us the first step, which is easy enough. Uh, we go to Tom Jacobs, uh, and we're going to put these in the story notes too, just in case people want to uh, uh, see it there. But Tom Jacobs, and that's J A C K O B S, the last name spelling dot com slash story time storybook. Ooh, nerds, storybook. Storybook. Uh, Tom Jacobs dot com slash storybook. And then you're going to get uh, some seven steps to kind of bring drama and, and kind of get to your stories, which I, yeah. I love. I, I really do think that, you know, I've spoken to a, a bunch of groups, masterminds, uh, audiences that range from, you know, my cat in the corner, which I don't actually have. It's an invisible cat, uh, all the way to, you know, audiences of a, a couple thousand or more. And, and I, I often talk about this idea of uh, particularly having a, an origin story, a brand origin story. Uh, everybody understands. I don't remember if it was Gillette or one of these guys, but he's like, "Yeah, I like the Razor so much, I bought the company." Right now, that's a pretty condensed story, but you got it right. It's like, "Oh, that must be a nice Razor. He bought the company." <laughs> uh, and so, uh, everybody has a variation of that. And one of the masterminds I, I spoke at, everybody's like, "They, they are like, I don't know how I have a story, and and I'm not a good writer." And they had all these objections, and I'm like, "Everybody has a story." And and then they would just tell me, "Well, here's why I don't have a story," and that was their story, by the way. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And I'm like, just tell that. Um, and and of course, if you need help writing, there, there's people that can help you with writing and mm -hmm. editing and so forth. But th this is a problem that's quite solvable. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a process, just like sales is a process, and that's really how my mind works. Anyway, is if if I can just drill it down and know step by step what what I need to do. I'm successful at doing it. Uh, you know, it's when things are just kind of in the clouds. Well, you need to tell a story. Well, that great. I don't, where do I start? So having that process and having that roadmap and then just take step by step, you're going to have a great story that you'll be super proud of that will sell, you know, tons of your, tons of your product. Yeah. I definitely think that, you know, the, if you're looking to elevate and accelerate kind of your, your marketing, your sales, that storytelling is a really uh, foundational element. I love it personally. It's, 
um, even with a brand, you know, one time we had a brand and we took the values of that brand, you know, and we, we, you know, well, we wanted to be resilient. We wanted to be trustworthy. We, and we made actually little comic book characters for each one of those. Hmm. Right. And they were little heroes. And we told a story. This one's a, an old West cowboy, but you know, he was, uh, you know, about, uh, whatever truth, justice, American way. And then we had, you know, some samurai and he was about, you know, whatever consistency and, and honor, you know, whatever it was. And, and we had all these stories cause it was a global company. Uh, traded in 30 uh, different countries, but all of these stories just they just told the brand story as mm. as as little individual characters, not that hard to do, not really that creative at the end of the day. But you know, we went on, we found artists, uh, you know, on the uh, freelancing type of websites, and and we actually ended up sticking with one artist to do uh, you know the whole uh, all of the story, so the characters had a little bit of uh, uh, consistency, and then we we did choose different writers for. Uh, the different stories and we found it to be very uh, interesting and successful and mm-hmm. most of all people would identify with the brand as a result of those stories they would say oh i identify with you know uh, this particular uh, story or i remember this story they, they never come and go i bought because i heard this story they just go oh i really like that story and then you're like oh and you're also a customer hmm there's yeah. probably cause and effect yeah yeah exactly and you know even those those stories they're your stories. And even if you're in a commodity-based business, nobody can you know, refute your story. That's what makes you different in the marketplace. And now, you know, you know blue ocean, red ocean, you want to be in the blue ocean because you're alone and there's no other competition. If you're fighting over price in the red ocean, well, it's just a fight to the death. Be unique, be different. And story is the easiest way to identify as being unique and different. So this is this is my um, special call out to all those entrepreneurs out there, especially when you're in the consumer products category. I know you're saying, "Oh, well, how can stories relate to me? I'm not selling in person or this or that." And I I'm going to ask Tom for his input here. But my belief is, it doesn't matter if you're in beauty products, it doesn't matter if you're in health and uh, fitness products, it doesn't matter if you're in consumables of any kind, you know, maybe pet foods or the like, there's stories that can go with any and every product or brand on the planet. Right, Tom? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the stories that connect you to the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't stress it enough. So as they start going down this, this journey of, you know, putting together the solution and things like that, when do they start looking for help? I, I know a lot of us, we, we are like, Hey, this is a cool process, but I'm busy and I don't really, I'm not a great writer. I don't feel comfortable kind of sussing this out. When, when do they start looking for help out there? Yeah, I mean, that's when, when you find that you're not doing the work necessary, because as, as coaches and consultants, I mean, that's what we provide is that accountability to make sure that it gets done. And then a, a second pair of eyes to kind of go over it. And so kind of, because you're, you're so into the story all the time and you might not know like, is this appropriate? Is this not appropriate? And having that second set of eyes to go, yes, it is. No, it's not. Let's change this around. It, it makes the process so much easier and it, it takes a lot of the pressure off as well. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm a big advocate of bringing experts in that can help accelerate it. You know, we can't literally buy time, but this is the closest thing to it. We can accelerate our, our uh, completions and our, our progress by bringing experts in and yeah. it, Tom, tell us, what is a typical scenario? So let's say somebody says, hey, I'm totally into this. I like this idea. I'm ill-equipped to do it myself. And they want to engage somebody like yourself. How does your process work? What's the length of time? You know, how mm-hmm. complex is it? 
Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. <laughs> so because it is a process, but it's a it's a nine week program. Uh, sometimes it goes twelve weeks. Just depends on how how much effort there is with the person and if they get all their homework done. Um, but we go through the impact moments. We go through the impact stories, writing those out. Uh, go into the teaching moments, then into the sales pitch. Go into storyboarding, which is creating those presentations. And by that point, now you have enough for an unlimited number of presentations. So you can literally like plug and play story and teaching moment and sales pitch for the particular audience that you're going to be talking to. Well, and again, it works for if you're doing one-on-one -on -one presentations, it works with in person on a stage in front of a thousand people or doing just camera work as well. So yeah, it, it, any medium it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll also work on staging. So this is where finally after like 25 years, my theater degree actually comes to work. For I me. was wondering when, because the oil and gas did not do the job. So <laughs> no, good, sure we've didn't. got some staging. Finally, the payoff, parents. Uh, here it comes. Yeah, Tell exactly. Us. It's like, thanks, mom and dad, for putting me through school. Yeah, so I'll work with them on actual staging. So there's two parts of that. One is the physicality of how do you use the stage in front of you. And again, video is the same thing. And the, the second is how do you use your voice? So vocal intention, uh, intonation, uh, speed, pauses, all that makes a huge difference in terms of how do you take an audience on a roller coaster ride with you? Because you know, if, if you just go through monotone, reading from notes, not gonna cut it. But if you add specific moments in there where you're gonna take a pause, you're gonna allow them to sink in what you just talked about, and then you get a little quieter, and then you get really more excited. You know, it's, it's gonna be a lot more interesting to watch. So I don't think of these as just presentations, they're performances. And every time that you get up in front of somebody, and again, one person or a thousand people, it's a performance and you got to be on. I like that. Uh, well, finally, the theater degree pays off, everybody. That is the, uh, whew, I, was, uh, I was on pins and needles for a while. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but uh, it started off sketchy and uh, you brought it home. Well done. Yeah. It only cost me a hundred grand to, well, not me, my parents. And, well, either way, the money was spent and uh, we're going to say it has value now. Uh, I like that. That's a, that's a lesson for everyone. So, uh, you know, I, I would like you to just share, if you will, anything that you think is unique about your approach to this, because uh, there's other people who talk about, you know, doing speeches better, doing stories better, you know, whatever. How how would you say that you're unique in your approach, if at all? Yeah, there, yeah there's, there's really two two places where I'm uh, unique and different. One is the theatrical uh, element or the, of the performance itself. So how do you bring theater into that performance? And th And the second is, now, how do you sell? So that, you know, that's where so many stop. It's like you go into, this is how you tell your story. It's an origin story. It's great. Boom, boom, boom. And then nothing like, well, where's the pitch? You know, I'm hearing your story. I want the next action. You know, whatever the next action might be, it might be, you know, to make a change in my life. It might be to sign up for your email list. It might be to buy your product right then and there. Whatever that next action is, needs to be in every presentation because your story is your sales tool. I like that. Uh, I definitely think that 
there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there and they're saying, I don't want to be the face of my brand. I don't want to, you know, they, maybe they're super introverted, right? There's probably a scale of introversion. Uh, What do you say to them? You know, where they're, they're like, I'm just too nervous or too scared or unwilling in in whatever way. How how do you resolve that? Sure. Do you know who Flo is? I've heard of Flo. Yes. She's the insurance salesperson for uh, one of the, the things on TV. Right. So she's the face. She's the story. So hire a flow to do it. I don't recommend that though. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Um, I personally I don't recommend it because it's not you and it's not your personality that built that business. And for small businesses, especially. I mean, Progressive is a Fortune 500 company. They they can, you know, afford to pay Flow, you know, half a million dollars a year to be Flow. So um if you're yourself and maybe you have a small team with you, yeah, be yourself tell that origin story, sell your product and service. People are going to love you for it. Yeah, I definitely say open yourself up to that vulnerability. Uh, push yourself outside of the comfort zone. People are far more to connect with that genuine, authentic, nervous founder than they are, especially as a small business with some character because we don't have the budgets that, that the Fortune 500s do. And so, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're going to get slappy, the, the cross-eyed clown as our spokesman, and that's not necessarily <laughs> going to go as well as we want. Uh, I'd love to see that. Eyeglasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a friend who sells eyeglasses. That would not be my character recommendation, but man, oh man, that would lead to some funny viral videos. So yeah, anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, so um, in principle, we both agree that a founder's story has value. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not even just the, you know, I, I bought the razor and, and I bought the company and it's, it can be, I needed to make a change in my life. And so I started this business and now look what's happened. Those can be just as um, powerful. Don't you agree? A- absolutely. And don't shy away from the struggle. I mean, everybody sees, you know, this bothers me so much, you know, it's, it's all the Ferraris, Lamborghinis and all this, ah, look at me, you know, I'm washing my car in front of my mansion. You know, I got a string of Ferraris figure out who that is. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, you don't see the struggle. I want, I want to know more about that guy's struggle. Like what got him there? Right. And that, that, cause you know, that doesn't seem attainable to everybody. It's like, eh, you know, yeah, I kind of want that, but I want to know what he went through to get there. Yeah, it is. The, the struggle actually has far more impact, especially if there's been some uh, you know, sustainable uh, or positive impact afterwards. Like I went mm-hmm. through this, a lot of people have been through things and they identify with it. And they're like, well, if that guy can do it, uh, you know, maybe I can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm working with a, um, a guy that does uh, rehab work for, for alcohol and drug dependencies. And he was drug addict and, and a, a alcohol a- alcoholic. And he tells his story that his impact moment you know, as he tells it was when he decided to kill himself. And he starts with that and everybody in the audience is like, oh my gosh, you know, and and mostly, you know, addicts and and alcoholics probably have similar moments to that. And now they're seeing somebody that's on, on the recovery side. They're like, wow, maybe I can do that too. Yeah, that's, it is much more powerful when you have those connections and those, those genuine and, uh, and authentic stories that are told Mm -hmm. and, and they they can range from any you know type of outcome. Maybe it's just to help other people. Maybe it's to you know uh, position a product or uh, you know a, a course or whatever the case may be. But 
you know, we, we have a general foundation of, you know, kind of pay it forward or, you know, helping other people so that, you know, well, we, we use a Zig Ziglar quote and I quote it often. The audience will already know, but it's, you know, you can have everything you want in your life if you help enough other people get what they want in their life. And I'm probably mishmashing it a little bit, but that premise still works. And those stories work even better uh, when you come from that premise. Mm -hmm. uh, so I definitely agree with you. Do you have any parting words of wisdom that you might leave with somebody who's, who's hurt us? Maybe they're, maybe they're convinced, maybe they're on the fence, but you know, any parting words of wisdom you might leave them with uh, to help drive the point home? Yeah, it's really, don't be afraid of being vulnerable. I mean, it, in, for men and entrepreneurs, it's very difficult to go to that place. But the moments that I've seen, especially men, entrepreneurs, get vulnerable in front of other people, it creates such a connection. And the, the times that I've hidden behind uh, from telling a story, I just don't, I don't feel that connection with the audience. And, and there's nothing, you know, there's a little nice little golf applause afterwards and all that. But the moment that you get really vulnerable and you tell about, you know, crying on your desk, you know, worried that you're not going to make payroll and rent and calling your dad for money. And a lot of times when I tell that story, those emotions come up again because I put myself in there and they see that and they're like, wow, that really had an effect on Tom, you know, and he came through it. So if I'm going through that, he went through it, I can get through it too. So just don't hide behind, you know, all the, the successes that you have really embrace the other moments in your life that made you who you are today. And don't be afraid to share that. Well, again, so wise. Uh, and I'm going to give everybody kind of a real world example of how we're using stories to kind of break through the clutter today. So um, we've, we've uh, launched an initiative in cooperation with some of the executives at Amazon. And you can go to empowery.com slash Dear John. And basically, we're saying, send a Dear John letter to Amazon. Tell them why you're breaking up with them. Sure, we were in love at a time, and, and we were both starry-eyed, and things were great. Uh, as I like to say, Amazon was kind enough to let us drop off our junk in the warehouse. And sure, they sent a bill from time to time, but we, we got along. Everything was good. But over time, maybe... Uh, things didn't go so well. The, the prices went up and reviews started to disappear and, and things haven't been as, as uh, robust and honeymoonish as they, they once were. And you know what? Now we're fed up and we're going to kick Amazon to the curb if they don't get the game. And we're, we're using this metaphor of the, the Dear John letter to send a message to Amazon executives, letting them know that although we appreciate and love the kind of big opportunity that exists or existed at one time, there's, there's trouble on the horizon. And the Dear John letter is something that's breaking through the clutter of just some other seller complaining. And they're actually able to see some of the, the insights that sellers wish to share and, and also some of the humor. Uh, you know, P.S., I'm keeping the jewelry. Uh, but it, it definitely go to the Dear John, uh, empowery.com, Dear John, slash Dear John, and you will see some instructions on how to create your own letter. We will put those in the hands of Amazon executives. And in some cases, we've already gotten those uh, Dear John letters blown up and put on the walls at Amazon so they can remind themselves that the the seller stories are not just the positive, wonderful success stories that we have all, all talked about, but they're also some of these heartbreaking, hey, you delete all my reviews, now my $200,000 sales per month uh, are in jeopardy and my livelihood and my family, and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. This is real stuff. And this really just is a powerful way to say that Tom's point about storytelling 
is really a way to break through that clutter. What, what do you think about that initiative, Tom? Oh my gosh, I love that. That's that's brilliant because now it it humanizes a complaint. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is something special, and it, it's it's something that all sellers can participate in. And this is this is not uh, intended to you know. Uh, just be a, a pain in the side of Amazon, but in fact, to, to articulate some of the real stories that go behind it. That humanization is happening. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. People are uh, both having wonderful success on Amazon and creating businesses and the e-commerce in general, but there's also some trauma out there and we want to just share both sides. So uh, I love it. Tom, uh, thank you so mm-hmm. much for taking the time today. Very insightful, very informative. Uh, how do we find your, your website again? Yep, it's uh, tomjacobs.com, so altogether, T-O-M-J-A-C-K-O-B-S.com. And you can get that storybook, just put forward slash storybook at the end of that, and uh, I'll, I'll send that right out. And there's a video that goes along when I, I, I actually take a client through the revision process, which is pretty pretty cool to watch. I love it. Well, thank you for that. I know the awesomers out there really appreciate somebody like yourself you know, putting something out there uh, to help them. And, and really, I, I highly encourage you to keep uh, spreading the word on storytelling. It is so okay. powerful and, and much uh, needed in this world. Well, thanks, Steve. Glad to be here with the awesomers and uh, glad I could add some value. Yes, sir. Uh, awesomers, you guys uh, listen at home uh, or wherever you are. We'll be right back after this. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Well, once again, another awesomer has delivered for you and has really talked about, I think, in such specific detail and such an insightful way of how to use storytelling as a part of your business strategy, as part of your sales strategy, and ultimately as part of your marketing strategy. Selling is not, you know, just a a, a binary, please buy for me, yes or no. Right, selling is about sharing confidence and sharing the, the benefits and features and so on. And you can do that through storytelling and especially you can build relationships through storytelling. I really love this premise and I think what Tom is doing is extra important and I'm a huge, huge fan. This has been the awesomers.com episode number 43. And to go find show notes and links to Tom and his various enterprises and uh, activities and special bonuses, you can go to awesomers.com slash 43. And don't forget, if you join the awesomers.com mailing list, we're going to send you uh, a free company origin story, a free method or process that is all about developing your company origin story. There's also some finance discussions, uh, how to find your why personal episodes. Really great stuff, it's all free. Uh, We don't beat you over the head to to buy stuff. So go check that out, go to awesomers.com, join that mailing list, and then you can also, again, join us at awesomers.com slash 43 for the show notes and details about this episode. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. 
Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again. Awesomers.com.